episode 12, oh. we're here with my co-host, Josh Dowling. Say what's up. Hey, how you doing? And this brand new guy. And we got uh, my next door neighbor, Jeff, my roommate. Say what's up. What's up, what's up, what's up? And of course, I'm A little Ralph. louder as you can see the, the bars indicate indicate our loudness. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. What's yeah. up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> there you go, perfect. There and we you, go. And you got me, myself, and I, Ralph Pino44 Fanola. So... Let's just start with, how, how, how's your uh, week been, Josh? Uh, it's been super. Uh, we spent the day at the beach. That was fun. Yeah, it was Swam fun. in the water a little. Really I didn't go in the water today. You didn't. It was warm. You should. It was nice. I know it was warm. I've been there 60 times this year already, so yeah, I already have about the warmth. Uh, but it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was, it was kind of windy. I enjoyed the wind because it was like warm wind. It mm-hmm. wasn't too crazy. It was until about 15 minutes before we left, and shit just got straight up chilly. I knew that was going to happen. No. Yeah, but I walked out of my house. It was a nice day. Hey, I'm going to go to the beach today. And little did I know, it was a cloudy-ass day, and it got it got worse from there. I want to tell everybody how Josh tried to disrespect me by drinking water in front of me ah. while I was at the beach. Mm-hmm. I'm in the midst of doing Ramadan. Today's day two. Um, I'm doing it for my wife to try to get closer to her. Hey, you had your water. You can swish around in your mouth and spit out. Yeah, that's so a slight technicality. As long as I, <laughs> I feel the coldness, but I try to spit it all out. But, I mean, you could jump inside the water. <laughs> I could, but I didn't feel like that today because it wasn't that that hot. But uh, other than that, it's it's probably the most difficult thing in terms of discipline besides the New York City Marathon or any other marathon that I've ran. Uh, this, is pr- this is up there with one of the most... Difficult things that anybody can do because I'm already having pangs of hunger. Uh, maybe like I, I don't know six hours into it, I've never gone without food over eight hours unless I'm sleeping. So this is definitely a challenge. I'm at day two, and I still got 28 days left. So wish me luck, people. And refresh my memory. When can you start eating? And when uh, do you stop? I can. Well, it's you got to go to some Muslim blog to find out when Saudi Arabia has from dusk to dawn. Um, that really should be the standard. You should you should be able to eat from sun up to sundown at, at Mecca. It shouldn't be wherever you are. It should be be the Mecca time zone. No, but they want you to feel the pain while the sun is up and the desert is the worst. <laughs> so, I can see their, their I can feel their pain. Uh, but it's serious, man. Uh, unlike any other religion, I've done Lent for the past I don't know, fifteen years. Uh, Josh is Jewish. And yeah, we have Yom Kippur and Passover. Yom Kippur, we have our one day of fasting. And Passover, we have eight days without bread. And as as we were discussing before, the Lent is sort of choose your own adventure uh, sort of uh, resistance to, to whatever. It's not Ramadan where no water, no food. So you can just choose the thing you don't right. want to fuck with for 40 days. Right. We talked about Lent earlier in one of the earlier podcasts. Yeah, we did. And, but... I don't know. Sometimes people cheat. Like there's there's people in my family who, I'm not gonna name any names, but they they try to be creative and say they're gonna give up Indian food when they don't eat Indian food. So that's why I try to triple up, quadruple up, and try to cut out things that really destroy me, like Coke Zero or red meat or something like that, or shopping. That's why the Lent is the the mid level of of these these tasks because it's the choose your own thing, and then you can. When you choose your own thing, you can think you can make up your own rules for it. It's like you start saying, I'm not going to have Indian food, and then end up, I'm not having Indian food for dinner. You know, a little curry for lunch won't hurt. Because you already made up yourself that you're not having Indian food. And this is coming from a Jewish guy that knows 
a, yeah, little, well, a little bit about Catholicism. I know very little. <laughs> very little. <laughs> Definitely doesn't seem like it. But the, the Jewish standard in comparison to, to Ramadan and slightly less Lent is just one day of fasting and eight days without bread. It really seems a lot, a lot that we're going pretty easy on ourselves. But I guess that, that ties into the whole, the whole Christianity thing with Jesus and, and torturing yourself, that they would make you do something for 40 days. And Islam, I don't know much about, but they obviously... They're not playing. Yeah, they're, they're not fucking around. They're red for the desert. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it kind of seems like the Jewish tradition of Yom Kippur is like a 30-second iTunes preview. And then, <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then Ramadan is like the whole album. Speaking of iTunes, let's discuss a little bit about Watch the Throne. Uh, Kanye and Wes and Jay-Z are coming out with an album August 8th on Tuesday. And they have a, a bit of an unorthodox um, way they're distributing the album this time. They're not having any physical copies until five days after that release, August 12th. And they're only having digital sales, which has a lot of the mom-and-pop stores. Uh, and they're, they're, they're just, they feel like they're, they're losing out on it. And they're they're not getting that exclusivity. I, I agree with them. You know, it's you know just giving giving it to Best Buy first, where you know the physical stores, the independent record shops, they have such a disadvantage as it is. The last thing that they need is to have physical copies withheld from them. Enough artists are doing the the digital copies first to now have artists withholding the physical copies from them in favor of Best Buy. That that's a little harsh. Well, the reason why they've done this, and I've learned this uh, just recently... Because Jay-Z's a master businessman and knows to be in Best Buy's good graces. And he wants to maximize profit, and he knows that that's probably the best way to not getting it leaked. Now, um, I would say for the, the over the course of the past maybe 12 years, I don't know any hip-hop album that hasn't gotten leaked. And this might be the first one, because what do we got left? Uh, six days, and it still hasn't mm -hmm. leaked? That's kind of surprising, don't you think? Yeah, I mean... I can't ex cite any examples off the top of my head, but there's been a few other stalwart releases. Such as? See, exactly. I, I preface you got that. It, you got to tell me one. It is pretty worthless by statement. But you got to yeah. tell me one. Well, they're doing a good job so far. Very good job. I mean, the last, the last Jay-Z album that didn't get leaked was... Hard Knock Life, but that was like when there was one-time CD burners and we didn't know how to... It was 1998 and the internet practically didn't mm -hmm. exist back Yeah, then. the first bootlegging was probably, uh, whatchamacallit, Most Nostradamus, which, which became... Lance got, got stabbed for leaking an album. That's right. That's right. So, I don't know. I wish them luck, but um, apparently if you buy one of their uh, concert tickets, Watch the Throne, which is like the nosebleeds are like $150, you get a free digital copy of it, so... More money in Jay-Z and Kanye West's pocket. You'll be able to report on how that goes. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about a little bit about the, the, the lockout of the NFL. That's all done, and it's caused quite a frenzy on the free agent list. Uh, Randy Moss retiring. We got, what else, Plaxico Barres going to the, to the Jets. We have the Miami, I mean the Philadelphia Eagles getting Ronnie whoever Brown. they want. They're getting Namdi Asimwah, Ronnie Brown. Vince Young. They've thrown the gauntlet down. They've called themselves the dream team. Well, what do you guys think about Randy Moss? I think it's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, regardless of, of his uh, outlandish buffoonery throughout his 13 seasons in the NFL. Because, I mean, look at it like this. I mean, what really matters NFL is performance. 
and all the buffoonery is just outside of what you know the NFL regulations are. So he's tied of T.O., second in touchdowns. I think he's eighth in receptions. Um, he has like 14,000, at least 14,000 career yards. So, I mean, that's just enough statistics right there to gain you Hall of Fame. Probably even thinking about his outlandish buffoonery, like I mentioned before. So. Yeah, he was great, but in in hindsight, especially retiring now after he comes off a bad season, it seems that narrative is going to be so heavy on on the bad aspects of his career. Like, he's a guy that would have benefited from going out on a good season. Because now he's going out on the that, that weird mess of the season where he was on three teams. Got cut on three, three teams. That's crazy. They yeah. were all playoff contending teams at the time when he yeah. was on it. And that last season for him was just so weird. It's like, why, he got into a fight with Brad Childress and then they shipped him off to the Titans after giving, like, two draft picks for right. him. And then he had a weird season. In eight weeks, he had six six receptions, which was odd. Uh, yeah. Very odd. He just said nothing. But the Titans were terrible last year, right? They, they, well, they, they were in contention when they got him, but then after that, they just basically dipped. I don't know what happened. They had the good season before that. Yes. Right? The, the freakish, right. out of nowhere, good season. Right. Chris Johnson was running mm-hmm. through everyone, and they had Hainsworth killing it. And um, I don't know. What, what I think about Randy Moss is I think he's just, I feel like there's a disservice to financially. Um, if you give Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco three years on a deal off a team that Randy Moss already knows, that's kind of a slap in the face because I believe, reportedly, he got offered one year, and if you give money to Ocho Cinco, he's like, He's not nowhere near better than me. He's only had one good year in 2005. So, and then you got the Jets, who's banking on somebody that's been in jail for 20 months. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a slap in the face the as Michael, well. The Michael Vick effect, right? Yeah. As I like to call it. If he was coming out, he got three million, three mil, right, for, right. for this year. Without Michael Vick, he's getting 1.5 at most. Right. Right. And um, I believe that he drew some interest with the Indianapolis Colts, but Peyton Manning signed out on that. He Randy Moss that. did. Yeah. Oh, he should have signed up for that. Yeah, that would have been a. a Was he tripping? That would have been could, a 2007. Peyton Manning can't hand a little wild card in the yeah. mix. Well, I guess uh, that that put a bad taste with those three teams getting cut last year. All right, let's talk a little bit about the end of Entourage, the final season, its eighth season. Uh, two episodes in. What do you think about it, Josh? I thought I thought that last episode was pretty boring. Mm-hmm. We watched the first episode together, mm-hmm. and I found that pretty pretty entertaining. But I don't. I think that might have been the effect of watching it with people, maybe more fun than watching it alone. Mm-hmm. The, the the vibe I got from the last episode is very much like the the last season, where where things were happening and it, and it was soothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why everyone's so upset that Sloane broke up with Eve. Doesn't everybody want Sloane? So if she's single, then everyone has a better chance of getting her. Well, I feel very, I feel very betrayed by that storyline. Are we supposed to now really be invested in them getting back together? Are we, what, what's up with that? Chances are they are going to get back together. Yeah, they've, they've done this before. But this time it's, it's definitely extreme. They're going to get back together, well, right? Well, I know, but it's kind of unexpected from the first episode. They start off with Salone and and uh, Eve broken up. It's like, wow, what happened? I do like that Entourage does that. They keep it moving. They they don't tell you exactly what happens. You have yeah. to kind of just figure it out from the flash point of where they are. So I like it how they keep it August 2011 instead of keeping it September 2010 when it ended. Mm-hmm. 
So that's a great dynamic of it. Uh, I'm I'm very interested to see what kind of role Andrew Dice play finishes out this season because oh, I want to see if it's very prevalent. Awful, awful. I think so. It's gonna be awful. That, that that's all I need. That's my opinion on Is it. Is that because you're not a Clay fan? Listen, you're, still, not, you're still upset what he did on TV. I'm not a Clay fan, but I I just see see his whole role in this just not going well. It's it's gonna be this bullshit about him being insecure. And, and him still trying to play the tough guy, and it's not going to be very entertaining. He's he's already trying to fuck shit up, and he's trying to trying to interject himself and in himself in a very unpleasant way. It's not it's not going to go well. Guys play hard, that they're going to do because they're going to be like you know, Johnny Drama wants to play ball. He's all in on this, and then and Dice Clay is going to pull him back and try and beat Dice Man. It's not. Gonna and what do you think about Scott Lavin playing a pivotal role in it? What you call it? He's partner. Scott Kahn? Yeah. Uh, the hooligan. I mean, they've already established his arc. He he was done last season when they said he, he was going to become A, he's going to butt heads with E, but then in the end, he's a bro just like the rest of them. They've already done that. They're, they should be past that. Yeah, Scott Kahn's there. You shouldn't, you shouldn't even be in this. Josh wants to enlist himself as the writer for the movie that's coming up in two years or whatever it comes out. So if you're listening, Doug Ellen, Mark Wahlberg, holla at him. I think uh, uh, Vince's idea for a Chilean minor movie with a dog is great. You think I so? Know why there's a dog. Yeah, I think it's yeah, it'll, no, it'll be a nice movie. You wouldn't watch that. <laughs> Finally, we're going to talk a little bit about the greatest TV show ever made, Breaking Bad, only on American Movie Classics. Fourth season in, two episodes in. Three episodes. Three episodes in. That's right. It was a, a week before Entourage. How are we feeling about that? Well, the last episode was The Open House, a very, very set-up type episode. Where right. We had Marie's be- becoming that klepto again. I, I guess she's emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Well, Hank is emotionally unavailable. He's kind of transfer that to something else which turns into stealing things at an open house and I love it I love it 100% I I hate her she's fucking awful yeah, but she's, totally she's awful. very different about her this, this is the first time we've seen to see she's going to that extreme level of, of thievery right yeah she's doing something she's doing something period I thought she was going to be bitching out by Hank's bedside the whole season I'm glad that she's got yeah. some wheels to spin and she's doing something no, but you know what's so great about Breaking Bad? Not that I want to give out anything, but... Well, 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 listen. We should have given out this this warning. If, if you don't want to be spoiled on Breaking Bad, you should be watching it. If uh, you're not watching it and you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen it, you know, that's Get kind of weird. Speed. Get up to speed. You can sort of take, take, take these spoilers and, and bank them and get caught up. And if this, and we talk about it, and you get interested, start watching it, and everything will be like a great prequel. Yes. It's, it's all worth seeing. It's about the journey. Spoilers don't even really apply to Life of Breaking Bad. So if you don't see the journey, it's pretty worthless. Right, right. But it's still enthralling because. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to go on with this conversation, assuming you've seen <laughs> up to the third episode of season four. I think what's the, the most enduring trait about a show like Breaking Bad is that. 
you'll see the intro scene, and you'll have no idea what that means in terms of the whole story. Oh, uh, like, like when they brought Gail back. And the, 40 minutes or 50 know? minutes into it, you're like, oh, I get why they did that. That made no sense in the beginning. That's how I felt about during season two, which I'm not going to elaborate about, but they just kept, you know, I'll see that, that season two. They were crazy abstract in season two with the intros. Yeah, because I was completely confused at first minute into them, like, I was just Because it was all leading up episode. to the plane crash, and well, they were like... Because our viewers possibly have not seen it. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. So, I don't know. I don't mean the hard sell, but if, if you ever get a chance, if you have not ever tuned in to Breaking Bad, I suggest that you pick up the first, second, and the third season that's recently... But anyway, even if you hate Marie, you gotta like like last the last episode. No, but I, I hate her I hate her so much that she's such a good actor that she's doing that because I'm pretty sure that's not how she really is. Or what's her name? Skylar. I'm pretty sure that they're not biatches in real life, but you 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 gravitate to the character or you repel from the character so much that you have to have some sort of opinion about them. Mm-hmm. You, you have to wonder about them and you want to go deep. You know what I found distracting? I listened to a few podcasts after the first few episodes, and they were talking about how Breaking Bad podcast. Yeah, not Breaking Bad podcasts, but TV podcasts that talk about Breaking Bad. And they brought how how people have been responding to Skylar getting back. And I didn't notice it at first, but now I know now now it's the only thing I can notice whenever she's on screen is how much weight she's getting. It's a big disparity. Remember in the first episode, not that I want to give anything away. She's like the they were talking about how she's. Washboard ads and all that. She's the anti-turtle. 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 <laughs> well, that's kind of weird to watch Turtle as well, being really skinny. Because yeah, yeah. he's so used to just having a meat and he's, he's Turtle. You know, it wasn't a big deal that's made about that, but I haven't seen it as hardcore because I've seen a few reruns of Entourage recently. They rerun it at 1230 on PIX. Yeah, I'm sure that's... It's uh, not as jarring. The Skylar weight gain is way more jarring than the Turtle weight loss. No, but it's easier to gain weight than to lose, lose weight. weight. I don't know, woman, it's so noticeable. All right, this concludes the 44 cast for Jeff and Josh. This is Ralph Pino 44 for notes, signing. Peace. Peace. All right.